0: on Friday, Cheryl's right here um, running for state senate for uh, this district, Waltham, Fletcher's Landing, and Ellsworth, right? And um, she received a message stating that um, something that, as she said this morning, um, might be coming down the road for us, thinking it might be further down the road for us. But on Tuesday there is a opportunity at the Cross Center in Augusta for those that are opposed to it to voice their opposition for can you the public hearing public hearing. But interestingly it um, is the Republican primary day. Really? Oh, so hey, let's get people out away from voting. <laughs> okay, that's the turnout that we had for the abortion. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So this is. So Maine is looking to become a sanctuary state for anybody who can't in their state have uh, an abortion at any time during, you know, up to full term. Um, uh, Maine is the most uh, has the most aggressive uh, law uh, regarding abortion. Now we're like leading the way. In the worst possible way. Um, So those that are in states that don't allow that, what this is proposing is that they would be able to come here. Is this free of charge? I don't know. I don't know about the payment thing, but I would not be shocked if they'd say, don't worry about it. We'll take care of it with our tax dollars. Um, Not only that, but if somebody wants gender uh, surgeries, that they could come to this state. Uh, So this state is trying to lead in all the bad things that are contrary to God's word. Guys, it doesn't take long to read the scripture to understand what the outcome of that is, where we've rejected God and so much so that that there's a point of um, really uh, mocking God. And essentially that's where our state would be. This is probably going to be, we're probably going to be booted off to social media. Praise God. Right? Okay. We'll get the message out as long as we can. But um, LD. LD 227. Do the research yourself. LD 227. For any of us here, any of us watching online, LD 227. Um, you actually kids the kidnapping of children. And thank you. It actually um, trafficking children oh, my goodness. And the way that so, yeah, somebody could take somebody's child without the parent's consent, bring them to Maine for any medical care that they want, and then bring them back. And it be be no. Yeah, I tell you what, there, there would be crimes that would happen after that if it was our children, right? Um, I will just flat out say that, and I would skip right on to jail afterward. Um, nobody touches my kid. Um, so, guys, Ah, we need the Lord. We need the Lord. But pray about attending that on Tuesday, one o'clock cross center in I don't know where is that the civic center? Is that what that is? The cross building is right right in front of the state house. Oh, okay. It's right in front of the dome, that big office building. Okay, so there's an office building yeah. that across so down in Augusta. Um, no, it's a hearing to speak. No, oh oh yeah, we'll go up and then sit down there. there. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So be in prayer. Um, supposed to be. That might be interesting. Last time it went all the way through midnight, and you guys were testifying at 2.30 in the morning, right? 4.30. in the morning. We need that showing on steroids at time. Yeah. Yep. It's only going to get worse. So... Um, I don't even know. Yeah, anyways. Psalm 107. God, please guide us as we get into your word. Please speak to us by your spirit. And Lord, help us. Lord, have mercy on us. And Lord, we pray for that to be uh, struck down. I pray by your mighty hand and by your grace and mercy that that would not come into play. But we do pray for your mercy. we We need you in Jesus' name. Amen. Psalm 107. We had 106 last week, so 107. Uh, it's a psalm of thanksgiving to the Lord for his great works of deliverance. Um, so verse 1 says, Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endures forever. Uh, remembering God's goodness and his mercy. Uh, we just did that, right? We just took uh, took uh, communion together. Uh we sang this morning, you know, sing of the goodness of God. You know, we were singing that song this morning. Um, thanking him for those things is an important key to us, the, the thankfulness in our lives, not just like accepting and, and moving forward in his goodness and mercy, but actually stopping and thanking him, which is so easy for us to do. I don't know about you guys, but I've, I'm, I'm guilty of it many times. That I'll say thank you here when we're at church, but when I lay my head down, I'm like, you know what? I didn't say thank you when I left church and I'm riding in my car. I kind of get, it's kind of like a decompression time, but that's the time to do it, right? Lord, thank you for it. I pray, I commit the day to him on my way here and as I'm getting out of my car and throughout the morning and throughout like uh, today. Lord, would you speak to us? Would you please just be among us? My greatest prayer is that God's presence would be among us. Um, because if if he's here with us, that's the, the greatest fulfillment we can have. You know, it's just the presence of the Lord with us. That's the, the greatest uh, experience we're ever going to have in our lives is the presence of God. And that's my, my main thing. You know, we, we, we love his grace. Uh, there, <clears throat> there's an old song I remember uh, singing up at Calvary in Orrington. I love your grace. I love the, your mercy. I love the way you help me when I call. I love the, the tr- your truth. I love the power of your name. But you know I love your presence most of all. God's presence, right? And then thanking him. You know, for all the good things that he does for us, like actually stopping and, and, and offering a, 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 a praise from our lips that, that comes from our heart. Right out of the abundance of the, the heart, our mouth speaks. So then we, we say, oh, Lord, I'm overflowing with joy and, and thankfulness. So uh, give thanks to the Lord. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom he has redeemed from the hand of the enemy. Let the redeemed say so. You know when uh, now in this psalm they're talking about being delivered from a from an earthly enemy, uh, and they're saying you know we've been redeemed from that earthly enemy. For us, we may have been redeemed from an earthly enemy, but that deeper spiritual uh, redemption and, and that that salvation um, that the Lord has redeemed us from the hand of the enemy. Right. So you know we were. Um, we were redeemed, uh, you know, from from this enemy, and um, we are. We just sang the song. It's funny in my notes. I, I just typed out "worth nothing outside the hands of the one uh, redeeming us." Right? You know, you think about a bottle, right? We we live in a state where we we do bottle redemption, right? That that thing means nothing, you know. Just the bottle in and of itself means nothing unless you take it to a redemption center. Right, though it has to be brought in there, then it's worth the five cents that we already paid for, right? Um, but uh, essentially, just sitting there, it's it's worth nothing until it's it's redeemed, right? So uh, our lives, you know, we're we're in a state of of being lost and being worthless until we've been redeemed, and then once we've ex- experienced that redemption, then we can be used, right? And uh, and we experience that newness of life that we have uh, in the Lord. This is speaking of being snatched out of the hand of our enemy, right? Now, remember, we, because that's what it says, uh, whom he has redeemed from the hand of our enemy, right? So we go from the hand of our enemy to the hand of the Father, right? And Jesus said that nobody can snatch us out of his hand. Do you talk about that, right? The, the, the greatest contrast to go from the this, this snare of our enemy to go to the loving hand of of our God. Right? That's that, that's the the greatest contrast we're going to ever experience. Is is that hand of uh, of condemnation and death and uh sin and all, all the the things related to you know what the enemy has to offer us to that hand of life and peace and joy. Um and to know that we can't be taken like he, nobody can like sneak up on God and take us out of his hand. No, nobody can snatch us out of the hand of the Father. Uh, Jen and I were talking about something this week, and, and she goes, oh, it reminds me of that song. I don't know what the future holds, but I know who holds a future, and I know I rest securely in the palm of his hand. We are secure in the hand of God. And the hand of the enemy is death, destruction, condemnation, hell, right? And God's hand, that we've been redeemed from that hand of our enemy." Uh, you know the the you know, sp- thinking of the freedom that they as a nation experience and the, the freedom that we experience and the salvation of our soul, uh, a, a a ruler over our souls that was so much more um, cruel uh, in sin uh, than any earthly ruler, uh, any dictator you know could could be and there's some pretty cruel ones, right? Think of the, the cruelty that's happened. Uh, and sin is so so much more uh, cruel of a of a of a um, enemy of our soul. Verse three, and gathered out of the lands from the east, from the west, from the north, from the south. God God called them <clears throat> from every direction. Once they were scattered. Verse four, they wandered in the wilderness in a desolate way. They found no city to dwell in. Hungry. And thirsty, their soul fainted in them. You know that that wandering. Now we know Israel. If, if you go back to uh, this, uh, you know, takes me back to the wandering in the desert, right? And that's what this is talking about. They they had no food, no water, and their souls are faint. Uh, they were experiencing uh, this because they got to a point where they could have just gone into the promised land, right? We've talked about this in other studies. They could have gone in, and they didn't have to wander for 40 years. But they were an unbelieving and sinful generation. And once they, (coughs) excuse me, the 12 spies were sent out, and 10 of them come back saying, absolutely no way. They're huge. We're like grasshoppers uh, in their their sight. There's no way this could happen. And God says, really, you don't think I can do that? None of you are going to survive. 40 years, that whole generation of of unbelief. Uh, Unbelievers was going to be wiped out and they walked around in circles for 40 years. I'm 44 I would have started at four years old That's a long time, right? I don't remember four years old. I don't I don't know about you guys I mean, I might have I've cracked my head open several times I'm sure at one time at four years old. I might remember laying there getting stitches in my head or something, right? But I don't remember four years old So as far back as I can remember just walking around in a circle because of my own uh, sinfulness and disbelief. And it says they found no city to dwell in. Right? They had no that city would provide protection, right? There would be walls around them and it would also symbolize a, you know a civilization where you're going to have the things that you need. Food, shelter, friendship, rest, you know, all those things. And and they're just wandering. And it says hungry and thirsty, their soul fainted in them. You know, that that uh, there it says their soul fainted in them, hungry and thirsty, physical hunger, physical thirst. Right. But we know it was so much more than that. Right. This spiritual hunger and spiritual thirst outside of God, there is no satisfaction and there is no fulfillment uh, for us. And God is the one that provides for our fainting souls. Uh, you know, he he met their need and provided for them physically. He also meets our need and provides for us spiritually. That we can sit there and wander around in circles, right? And then when once we finally get brought into the city that the Lord has for us of faith, right? That that newness of life that where He's brought us, uh, then then we can go and go. Ah, I'm here. I'm here. I can experience this fulfillment, that safety, the peace. You know, God. You know, God meets our need. Soul fainted within them. That means they're just weary. You know, the weariness is over once we're with the Lord. <clears throat> Verse six. Then they uh, then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble, and He delivered them out of their distress. You know, they did the right thing in their distress, and they they cried out to the Lord. And what does it say? He delivered them out of their distress. You know, <clears throat> is a reminder here for us: when the Lord does deliver, don't be forgetful. Don't you know, be sure to not only praise Him, you know, par- uh, privately, but publicly. Make make those things known to him because what's that going to do? It's going to edify, uh, build up. It's going to build up those around us. It's going to it's going to build the faith of those around us to publicly declare what God has done for us. You know, and we should right. We should speak of the the good things He's done. Be mindful of those things. We're going to see a theme as we go through here of God delivering, God delivering, God delivering, God delivering, and we're going to see it all through Um, of this psalm here, God's protection, His provision and faithfulness. Verse 7, And He led them forth by the right way, that they might go to a city for a dwelling place. They were lost in distress and trouble, and God led them to a dwelling place. They had missed a key thing after this, and it was the giving of thanks. (laughs) Right? There's another theme in here. Oh, give thanks. You're going to see that. Actually, it's, it's here in, in verse 8, the next thing, the next verse. So we'll get there in a minute. But the giving of thanks, you know, uh, there, there's a pattern that should be avoided by the Christian, and that's forgetting to give thanks, right? We should, we should constantly be giving thanks. How many times have we read a psalm, right? Here we are at 107. So we've read 107. We're on our 107. <coughs> Excuse me. And how many times does it say to give thanks to the Lord? Because we need that many reminders, right? Because we get so, um, we get so accustomed to God's goodness that we can, we can kind of forget about what that goodness really means in our life. Uh, you know, Without the goodness of God, we have nothing. When we look back and you see in Romans 2 where it says that the goodness of God calls us to repentance, right? If we ever need to think about, well, you know, what has God done for me? Oh, called me to repentance and saved my life. We can thank him all day, every day, for that—that uh, that we no longer have to face the penalty of our sins. Just always being mindful of his work. You know, have a—you ever heard the? Uh, uh, it's a weird little play on words—the attitude of gratitude, right? Sorry to be cheesy, but it's true, right? That we would have that, and uh, we, we have to uh, remember the good things that the Lord has done for us. Not only remember them, but actually thank him for them. Right. Uh, we you guys ever been offended? Like you've done something for somebody and they not even really a thank you. Uh, now, I, I, I know we bat, we kind of battle within that because you're not really doing it for any recognition. But sometimes you could like go all out for somebody and they're just like, cool. See you later. And you're like, I just spent all day bleeding and almost dying. You know, throwing in wood for you all. And uh, don't get me wrong; I've not experienced. I'm just saying, in my life, I have I've experienced that, or I've done that to somebody. And I'm like, I don't know if I said thank you. Beep 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 beep. I'm the biggest dirtbag, right? Would you please forgive me? You know the, that mindset, but that that mind that we have to be grateful for what God has done for us. Look at verse seven. Oh, that men would give thanks to the Lord for His goodness and His wonderful works to the children of men. <laughs> Oh, that they would do it means they don't do it. You you see that? Oh, that they would, because they're not. There's the implication, right? That theme being set. You know, thankfulness for his goodness and his wonderful works to us. Verse 9. For he satisfies the longing soul and fills the hungry soul with goodness. Guys, I, I know when uh, in my life when I've experienced that satisfaction of the Lord from uh, in that longing, you know, with the the, the emptiness and the fulfillment, right? I uh, I grew up in a uh, great. Um, it right oh. I uh, I grew up in a in a Catholic home, as many of you guys know, and I was taught to have faith. And, uh, but I didn't really know what, what walking with God was. I didn't know what his word said. I didn't know anything about, I knew about having a relationship with him. I did know that, uh, somehow. Um, and I always believed that I did, uh, regardless of the life I was living, especially when I got older and I'm living life completely in rebellion to God's word, but I'm like, Oh no, he's, you know, me, God and I are, he's still, he, he, he knows that in you know, my heart, right? Yes. It's wicked. Deceitfully wicked above all things. Yes, he knows your heart, John. Right, Thinking that, oh, well, well, God knows the sincerity. Yes, the sincerity of not doing what he's calling you to do. Dude, get in the word, right? If I could go back, you know, it's funny how many times I've said to my wife, if I could go back, why did I play football my senior year? I wrestled 119, 119 pounds my senior year. Why was I on the football field at 119 pounds? Stiff wind knocked me over, right? But I could tackle and I loved Contact. I was a wrestler, so I, I played football just because it was violent. I like I I like contact sports, but I have no business. I should have been lifting. I should have been you know practicing wrestling all year round and and those things. But for some reason, I went and I'd stand on the sideline. I could catch, but we had an all-state receiver in front of me, and we had another kid that's big and tall. I just saw him recently for the first time in like twenty-five years. He works at a restaurant in Bangor, manages it, and he's big dude. And I'm like. Why did I play football? You know, like when those guys needed Rick, I'd run in there and I'd play a play or two and I'd come back out because I'm small, right? And I wasn't fast. You know, what was I doing, right? I I, I had all the – and I'll, I've said to my wife so many times, if I could go back – but how many times do I look and, – and I've said that about music and 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 I – and I go back and I was too worried about what, what group I was hanging out with because I was a wrestler, football player. So, you know, we weren't the ones getting picked on, right? Uh, so I'm like, okay, if I'm in that group, then I'm, in, I'm, I'm good, right? Even though i was 119 pounds, you know? But, but you know, just the realization that I can look back and go, why didn't I do that? Why didn't I go into band and learn how to play the drums or whatever? And then I'm like, because I wasn't friends with anybody in the band, right? You know, so I, I'm just looking at those things and – but most of all, what if I went back and, and was following the Lord? You know, I was talking to Dave Lehman. He's uh, He and his family attend here now, which is awesome. And um, and Mike Archer, uh, he's a pastor and he runs the, the uh, sound and the radio station up in uh, Augusta. Uh, sorry, in, in Orrington. Us three were just heathen punks. Who knew better, but went on and living, you know, the worst of lives. Uh, you know, as teenagers, just following everywhere our flesh would lead us and all that stuff. And and to look back and go, what if we were living for God? And we, all three of us have talked like, do we know anybody? There were 400 kids at our school in Bucksport, uh, at high school. And I don't remember one kid having any Christian shirt or saying they went to church, uh, anything. There were There was nothing there. There wasn't one person that I could think of, not one. And I'm just like, man, if I could go back. You know what, what? 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 You know the the things that I would have not participated in, and the things that I would have that would have been things that I would have loved to see, right? And and proclaim His name. We can't go back though. There's that we can't go back and change any of those things. Live for God today and thank Him because we can't go back. You know we can't go back that that longing fulfill the the, the desire for fulfillment uh, that that we had that drove us to the Lord. Right? Why are we so ah, why why did it take us so long, right, sometimes, right, when he's the one that can, where he says he satisfies the longing soul, it doesn't say he satisfies the hungry belly, it doesn't say, you know, someone who, he, yes, he does, he provides for us, but the bigger focus is the longing in our soul, why, that longing, why didn't, why didn't I follow that longing when I was a young kid and 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 maybe th- that week my my parents weren't going to church, and I would just walk to the Catholic church and go there by myself. I did that a few times, and then I'd walk home and I'd be praying to God and everything. Why didn't I just cling to the Lord? You know, because there was a longing within my soul that the Lord was fulfilled, and I knew I knew He was a fulfillment for that, but I was trying to fill it with everything else. I was kind of just honestly, uh, I wasn't even that deep of a thinker. Honestly, I was just like, that's not as fun as that. I'm just going to do that but i want this relationship with god i didn't want to lose that so i just deceived myself and i just lived the life i wanted to live deceiving myself that I, you know me and god we're good you know or i'm going to be able to i'm going to be able to pray right before i die right don't live our lives that way go to the one that satisfies our our, our soul right i understand it's a believers meeting so i i um but it's god's goodness right and he fills the hungry soul with what with goodness with his goodness. He wants to just pour his goodness into our lives. We may not be able to go back, but man, from this day forward, we can move knowing that God is the one that satisfies the longing in our souls. If there's still any longing within our souls, go to the Lord and say, God, I'm longing for this. Why? Would you take it and fulfill me with with what you have, your goodness? I don't want that. I want your goodness. Verse 10. <clears throat> Those who sat in darkness in the shadow of death bound in affliction and irons because they rebelled against the words of God and despised the counsel of the Most High. Therefore, he brought down their heart with labor. They fell down and there was none to help. Talk about a helpless state. right? The bondage that Israel faced because of their rebellion. If you want to understand that a little bit more, go back and start reading, Uh, you know, just reading the Old Testament prophets, right? You can even go back into First Kings, uh, sorry, into the book of Kings and Chronicles, and you can see how this all, Samuel, and see how it all, you know, but but then you see God crying out through these prophets, right? Uh, The ones that come to mind, major prophets, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, go through. There's a lot of reading there, but it's very deep, and it's God constantly calling out, like, just come back, just come back. You know, you're, you're, you're heading in this direction. Just come back here, right? And that's what's being described. You know, when, when, when Israel experienced uh, the darkness, when they sat in the darkness in the shadow of death, right? It doesn't say when they danced joyfully. They sat in the darkness. You know, remember when our soul sat in that darkness? You know, when we didn't have the Lord sitting in that darkness? God has called us out of that darkness into his marvelous light, right? That's what the scriptures tell us. That there's a marvelous light that God has for us outside of that darkness. We don't have to live our lives in that darkness and shadow of of, of death. Where it says bound in affliction and irons, you know, chained to something. That's what to be bound by something. Why? Because they rebelled against God's word. Right? What did I just describe about my life? What I knew about God's word, even that. Even that, I was like, I didn't know anything, but I knew I was rebelling against what you know what God's word said, and despised the counsel of the Most High. That's that's the problem there. That bondage uh, and affliction that they faced was because they had just rebelled against God. They despised His counsel. There, the, you know, we because our, our our we Jesus told us we can't serve two masters. We're either going to serve our flesh. or or whatever the flesh is presenting to us, right? Or we can serve Jesus Christ. It's one or the other, right? We can't have both. We can't be like, all right, well, 50-50. How's that sound, Lord? We can't do, God doesn't bargain like that. No, he wants all of us. He wants all of our worship. He wants all of our praise. He wants all of our heart, right? But love the Lord. Jesus said, you want to fulfill the whole law? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, all of it, right? With everything you've got to love God. Because that's what God wants is all of us. But when he doesn't have all of us, that means that we're reserving back. I'm going to keep this back. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hold back this 3%, right? How was 97-3 work? You know, we've gone from, you know, 50-50 down and, you know, it, it, it worked our way down and God's like, still doesn't work. <laughs> that 3%, no, no, I want everything. I want all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, all your strength, everything you've got. I want you to just live all out for me because I want that. God wants, guys, <coughs> the fulfillment we have in that in that blessedness of giving everything, right? There's Then there's, once we've given everything, there's no regret. Like, man, I can't believe I gave everything to God, right? At the end of your life and you're walking into <coughs> being <coughs> ushered into his presence, you'll be like, man, I really just wish I would have held on to that, right? There's, because that's a shackle. That's, that's something that, that is, is holding on to us and keeping us in rebellion to God's word that would keep us in a, mind state, a mindset that we're despising his counsel. Therefore, he brought down their heart with labor. Their heart with labor, right? That burden, right? Their hearts. They fell down and there was none to help. They found themselves helpless within their heart. They experienced the you know the outward affliction, but ultimately this is talking about their heart. A rebellion brought them to the point of, of helplessness, helplessness. They found no help and they had rejected the counselor. You know, when you look at the names of Jesus Christ, it says, and he shall be called wonderful, comma, counselor, comma. Right? It's, oftentimes we read that as wonderful counselor, but it's wonderful, comma. Another name. Is counselor, you can call him a wonderful counselor. That's okay, too. But where it says rejecting, they despise the counsel of the Most High, right? Where where the scriptures tell us in, in Psalm 1, blessed is a man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, right? Nor stands in the path of sinner, nor nor sits in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law, he shall meditate day and night, right? He should be like the tree planted by the rivers of water, brings forth fruit in its season, right? We experience that fulfillment. We experience a fruitfulness in our life when we reject the counsel of the ungodly and we walk in God's counsel in his word. So we see the difference uh, between the two. Verse 13, then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble. He saved them out of their distresses. He brought them out of darkness and the shadow of death and broke their chains in pieces. You know, where is he in the darkest moment, right? Look at that. They cried out to the Lord in their trouble, and he saved them. They realized, you know what? I'm in the dark. I'm in the shadow of death. I have no hope. I have no help. And I'm going to cry out to the Lord, and it doesn't say God says, get out of here. Get out of here. No, I knew you were. I'm, I used this to bring you to this point. I let you follow on that way and find the emptiness, right? The emptiness that's at the end of that pursuit. And where is God? It says right here, they cried out to him in the trouble, and he saved them out of their distresses. He brought them out of the darkness and the shadow of death, right? Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. The shadow of death, right? The valley, Guys, yea, though I walk through this building with no lights on, can be, yeah, creepy, right? You guys ever done that? You know, working at the, the school I was working at, you know, go through in these buildings that are like 200 years old and all these stories about ghosts, and I'm like down in the basement up in the attic at 1 o'clock in the morning doing, you know, checking this and doing my inspections, and you can get a little, you know, like something behind you or whatever. You can get like that sometimes, right? There's nothing here. Nothing's ever happened. You know, with David's writing, yay though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Sounds like a place I never want to go to. Have we been there spiritually? Yep. Many of us have, right? Yep. Where is God? Right there to save. It says that he broke their chains. He still does the same. We see the revelation of God's character here, right? Breaks those chains. Verse 15. Oh, that men... See it again here? See This is mentioned several times. Oh, that men would give thanks to the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men that theme that's in here praising him for his goodness and wonderful works verse 16 for he has broken the gates of bronze and cut the bars of iron into two you know he'll break down any any barriers you know if there's anything that we're bound to he'll 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 break it he'll cut it uh whatever it is we don't have to worry about those things we don't have to worry about those things like well, God, what are you gonna do about these? He just like, come here, I got it. Right? There there isn't the well, but I, I got this, Lord. And the Lord's like, No, you don't. <laughs> come on, let's go. No, you don't have that. Not in me, you don't. Verse 16, uh, um, verse 17. Fools, because of their transgression and because of their iniquity were afflicted. Because of their transgression, transgression, and because of their iniquity, what happened? They were afflicted. Right? We're often our biggest enemy. <laughs> right? Because it says fools. It doesn't say Satan. Because you know what I mean? Fools. It's the people that were acting foolishly. Us. Right? Our fleshly desires come in and we're rebelling against God's word. And what what's the uh, you know, we, we find ourselves afflicted because of our transgressions and our iniquities. I don't know. There's just a theme to me of just you know what, I don't want to experience that. I'm just going to cling to the Lord. I, I saw that a lot in my life. I, I'd see loved ones within my life going to juvenile hall. Uh, and I've shared this, you guys know, or, or I've seen great distress in their life because of rebellion, right? Not that I didn't have that same rebellion in my heart. I just didn't act it out at that time, right? And, and just to see you know, the, the physical confinement that, that I've seen people go through because of that rebellion. And I would learn to a certain degree there. But in our hearts, we can still do the same thing: rebel against His Word. Verse seventeen: Their soul abhorred all manner of food, and they drew near to the gates of death. You know, nothing seemed like it was going to satisfy them, and they're consumed by the misery uh, that would result from their transgression and iniquity. There's nothing, you know. I can't. I can't even eat. Like uh, physically, being, I feel like I'm being brought to uh, to death, right? And, and that I'm that I'm starving, or Uh, So dehydrated to the point of death. But when we see here, you know, speaking of a soul, right? Their soul abhorred uh, all manner of food. There's nothing that's going to satisfy, right? Verse 19, when they cried out to the Lord in their trouble, he saved them out of their distress. See the theme? Cry out to the Lord and he saves. Cry out to the Lord, he saves. Cry out to the Lord. You, You will see, especially in the Old Testament, there'll be times where God says, oh, you can cry out all you want. I've been crying out to you for a long time. You are going to experience this punishment for a time, and then I will come save you, right? So there are some times where it's going to be like, yeah, I do have to face the pun- penalty for what I did, or the punishment for it. But God's eventually going to, you know, help me out of this, right? Once the, you know, at the time, the time I do get, uh, you know, to the point of of hopelessness. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> Helps them out of their distresses, right? Verse 20, he sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. What was it they rejected? His word and his counsel. When they got to distress and they cry out, what does he give them to heal them? His word. Notice that, right? They had rejected his word. They rejected his counsel. They get to the point of utter distress and just crying out and asking for deliverance to the Lord. What does he give them? His word. His <laughs> word. His word, it says. They cried out in their trouble, and he saved them out of their distresses. He he sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. His word. If we want restoration, where do we find it? In his word. If we want comfort, where do we find it? In his word. Peace. Word. Right? Anything. God has given us his word. And his Holy Spirit leading us and showing us, teaching us, speaking to us from his word. When the scriptures say the, the Word of God is, is alive and powerful, sharper than any 2 edged sword, this the book is alive. I mean I know I have printed here because the, the font's bigger and everything uh, for me, but I mean, the book right <laughs> Thank you that book right? Yeah we, he's got his his online Bible. we live in a different world right you know but his word, his word is what we need. The Word of God. what has the church departed from? The word of God, right? Think of the church worldwide. If we would just the simplicity. I love the simple because you know me. You guys understand and I've shared this with you. I'm not creative enough to sit there and go, oh, I'm going to teach on this next week. I'd be lost after like two weeks. right? I wouldn't be. I mean, there'd be things that would come up. But I'd be skipping over so much. I'd probably even skip over this. But th- this is what tells us what do we need in life? What What do we need to satisfy our soul? God's word. Right? This is where we're going to find our fulfillment, our guidance. Everything we need. Found God has spoken to us. You know, there's the, 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 you guys have heard me say this, so sorry. I feel like, a, if I sound like a broken record, he's not, he didn't write his message in the sky. He didn't, like, there's this decoding thing, right? That, that you know, little Joey the liar, uh, Joseph Smith, uh, Latter-day Saints, um, give us special glasses to put on to, to understand God's word. No, it's right here. It's very simple. It's right in front of us. We just need to dive into it and know it, right? We're downcast. Why are you downcast, oh, my soul? Okay. If if we're happy, praise the Lord, right? There's all every for every. um, I I hate saying the word emotion, but every everything that we can be going through, right? We can go to the Word and and have the Word direct us to the Lord, right? Because that's why we have it. He moved, and and the 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 Word is. Uh, from god's inspiration working through you know 66 book of the bible, books of the bible 40 different authors no no, no contradictions right that's that's a god inspired holy spirit inspired book and how does he heal them with his word just go to the word what do we need for anything the word the answer is the word the word the word the word the word right i'm sorry i don't mean to like anyways the word actually i have the word capitalized twice in here so I was yelling at myself. Um, the word healed their sickness and brought deliverance and, you know from destruction. And it can and it still does the same in our lives. It was the word, right? Oh, that men would give thanks to the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. Theme all the way through it, right? And amen to that. Let them sacrifice the sacrifice of th- uh, sac- sorry, Let them sacrifice the sacrifices of thanksgiving and declare his works with rejoicing. The sacrifices of thanksgiving, not just going through motions, but living a life of thanksgiving to the Lord. No, not just being like, "Hey, thanks, God, cool," driving down the road, but living a life of of uh, offering the praise of uh, of sacrifice um, and thanksgiving. Right. This declaration here of his works uh, with rejoicing, you know, if we're living a life of of thanksgiving and rejoicing in him, it's going to declare to everyone and bring praise to him and pray. You know, you know how they say, "Give credit where credit's due," to him. Praise where praise is due to him. Verse twenty three: <clears throat> Those who go down to the sea in ships. Who do business on great waters. They see the works of the Lord. of the Lord, And his wonders in the deep. For he commands and raises the stormy wind. Which lifts up the waves of the sea. They mount up to the heavens. They go down again to the depths. Their soul melts. Because of trouble. They reel to and fro. And stagger like a drunken man. And are at their wits end. You know. So he using an analogy here of sailors, uh, having worked at a maritime, uh, school, I I got to be around a lot of sailors, uh, those that were experienced and those that weren't experienced. Right. So I'd see the freshmen coming in. They've never really stepped on a ship. Right. And then I've seen the ones that have been out to sea, uh, and they've, they've had a little bit of experience. And then I've seen, uh, those that are, are, are faculty and staff that, that, that are seasoned sailors. Right. And and they can all speak of different things that they've experienced out to sea. This is 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 talking about that as as we're looking at it. So sailors have seen the best of a calm sea and you know, a beautiful sunrise or sunset, right? Those things that you can just go, Wow, I've got a friend that's a a lobsterman, and he's put some pictures out at like four in the morning of the sunrise coming over this calm sea, and it's the most beautiful thing, right? To look at God's creation. And see the, the sun reflecting off the waters and all these beautiful things, right? So they they get to see those things and get to watch you know wildlife around and watch you know dolphins and whales and you know see all those good things. They they get to see those things, uh, but they've also seen the worst of things and the difficulties uh, that that the the waters um, can present, right? You ever seen uh, footage or experienced any of us that might you know have been fishermen in here, Mark? Um, mark's been a fisherman he knows uh what rough seas can be like right uh, and i i, I don't <laughs> i'm glad i don't i love you mark but i don't want your old job right i i just don't i i i, I you guys know my disdain not, not not my disdain but i i don't have much joy for the ocean I, I just really don't Corey and becky were just down in florida and they were fishing and uh they're pulling out the like the puffer fish or whatever and you said it's the most yeah, second most poisonous. I'm like, you caught that right off the shore. Stay out of the water, right? That, that, that's my mindset, right? But what's that? Yeah, I, I don't even want to. Yeah, I don't want to experience it. I don't want to get stung by a jellyfish. I don't want any of those things. But these guys, they can experience the raging water, that, that wave that will seemingly touch the sky and seemingly go to the bottom. You know, uh, you've probably seen that depicted in movies or, uh, you know, Mark, I don't know what waves you've seen, but those raging storms, you know, even the most seasoned of sailors will experience, you know, the melting of their soul, like, okay, you know, you guys ever been to that spot where you're like, you're not experiencing something, but you're with somebody who's really experienced. And when you see them getting a little nervous, you're like, oh man, this is it, right? They've experienced those things, right? That reeling to and fro hard to stand. And it says that they're uh, at their wits end, you know, they've done uh, what they knew to do. And at the end of uh, that, uh, you know, when they come to that point, like, I don't know what else I can do. It's that moment of not to be corny, but Jesus, take the wheel. Right? <laughs> right. I, I know you've trained me to do this, this and this. And at some point the rudder's broken or something. And it's like, we're stuck. I don't know what else to do right? You know, how we can, we can be there spiritually, but, you know, using this analogy can really uh, help us uh, to understand more of circumstances that we can face, right? And what does it say? Verse 28, then they cry out to the Lord in their trouble and he brings them out of their distresses. He calms the storm so that its waves are still, right? And your minds probably go right to where, what, where my mind went, right? The, the settling of the storm, you know, Jesus said, told the disciples to cross over the waters. And there's this massive storm that 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 starts up and, and water's starting to, you know, they're getting tossed around. Water's starting to, you know, taking on water. And where's Jesus? He's in the stern sleeping on a pillow. It's, it even says he's on a pillow, right? So it's like, you know, um, that's that's a different level of comfort, right? When you don't have a place to lay your head, you're not, but he's literally, uh, you know, he's got his head on a pillow. And, and what do they do they come to him and they're like don't you even care that we're perishing right and jesus kind of gets up and i don't know if he wiped the sleepies from his eyes or or whatever and, and he just tells the wind and wave to stop and they do and, and he just then he looks at him and he says you know what are you what are you worried about why are you so fearful have you no faith <laughs> i could probably look at me go i guess not <laughs> right and and they're all marveling Who is this with us? Who is this that even the wind and wave obey him? Right? He does the same, and you guys know he does the same in our lives. You know, what's what's interesting is those disciples went through. Think about it. Like, if you had experienced what they did, and you watched Jesus calm the storms and the winds and the waves, then you're like, oh, I'd be good for the rest of my life. I never question him again. They did. Did they question him? Did Do they doubt him? Yep. So we just got to bring. We're awful confident about ourselves. <laughs> I know I can be, you know, and I have to catch myself. Like, no, you'd be crying like a baby. I'm telling my stuff that. Am my stuff that myself that? Right? Because I'm like, I bet. I bet be, maybe that would be, you know, get me to the point where I'd never doubt God again. Right? Look what they look what they did. Look what they saw. Verse thirty. Then they were glad because they uh, because they are quiet. So he guides them to their desired haven. Oh that men would give thanks to the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. There it is again. Think there might be a theme here: the gladness that comes in the calm. Uh, in the calm, right? He guided them to that that desired haven, that haven where they could come in and find shelter, right? God guided him there. Let them exalt him, verse 32, also in the assembly of the people and praise him in the company of the elders. Exalt him in the as- assembly, right? In the assembly, the importance uh, of assembling in his name. You guys are here on a Sunday night. It gives me an indication you understand the importance of assembling together, right? We're, we're here, Um you know, uh, Jen. Jen came back, and uh, she's so. Bl- she's not here, so I can say this. And she's okay, by the way. She'll. She'll. But she just knew that she needed a break. Uh, Jen has a. Um, uh, we won't talk about it on here, but you guys know uh, what she deals with. And uh, so, but I remember Jen. You know, when when uh, Will had approached me about you know praying about becoming the pastor here when they answered the call of the Lord to go down to uh, Kentucky and start a church. And I, I've told you guys that I was pretty quick. I could have easily said, nope, we're good. Who's next? But I had to pray because I love Will and I respect him. He's my pastor, but following his lead for 20 years. Right. And, uh, and you know, here we are here and a half later, obviously the answer's right there. But Jen got to a point, she's like, am I supposed to like what, what do I need to do? I don't, I don't know. I'm, uh, you know, Lori Cass is like this, this woman that's a, a great leader and, and everything. She's like, I can't be like Lori. And I'm like, good. You're not supposed to be, you're supposed to be Jen Seer, Right. And if God is calling you to do this, he's going to lead you. And then when she comes home from the Bible studies, she's like, it was awesome. And she's so blessed at it. she loves you guys. And I know you guys love, you can't not love Jen, you know, um, but but just to see that, that she is being so blessed by this. Guys, uh, praise God, right? Yeah, and to, you guys got to realize that at one point she was afraid to even speak in church or to pray in church, and she's just like, it through the discomfort and through her own doubt, she's just going, I'm going to follow God. Because I told her, you, you are your own person. If you are led to continue with the women's study, then we continue with it. If you're not, then we don't. Or we don't you know, find somebody else to do it or whatever. But just because you're my wife doesn't mean you have to do this. And uh, she prayed about it. She's like, the Lord's calling me to do this. Here she is. You know, God is, God is so good. Why am I talking about that with the assembly? Um, the importance of assembling it together. I don't know why my brain went to that guys. so I apologize praising him in the company of the elders, right? When, when this is talking about the assembly, right? When we're honoring him and when we're praising him and when he's leading us and we meet corporately, we're here meeting, uh, and, uh, we have this, uh, we were praising him together with our lips and with our hearts, uh, even before. And we talk about this, we'll, we'll get done here in just a few minutes and we'll have a time to offer praise and prayer requests, right? So, so we'll do those things in the assembly, <clears throat> Verse 33, he turns rivers into a wilderness and th- the water springs into dry ground, a fruitful land into barrenness for the wickedness of those who dwell in it, right? So this is describing rivers dried up as a result of wickedness of those who dwelling uh, are dwelling there. So there can be goodness and then the rejection of the Lord and God's going to say, all right, if you don't need me, then I guess... Uh, Uh, You don't need any of the goodness that I have to offer you. So let's see how you fare without these things, right? The barrenness, right? What was fruitful, then they forgot. And because they live wickedly uh, and they didn't have thankful hearts, so God gave them what they wanted. The barrenness and the the dry uh, and uh, the the drought that they uh, desired by the way they were living. Verse 35, in contrast, he turns a wilderness into pools of water. And dry land into water springs. He can do the opposite. So when we're consider those, uh, you know, situations, uh, you know, conditions of the soul, right? Everything was going good. Forgot the Lord. He brings you to a spiritual spot of uh, spiritual desert, right? But it says here that He turns the wilderness into pools of water and dry land into water springs. He can take that situation and bring restoration. There's a restoration available in the Lord. That there would be freedom and and uh, restoration and fulfillment from the Lord. He can do those things. You know, blessings in a land that was barren, physically or spiritually. Right, water where it seemed impossible. We don't we don't sit there like, hey, I'm thirsty. Let's jump into the woods. Right. We don't do those things. Oh, cool. Let's go to the desert. I really need some spring water. Right, but God can. Do what he wants to do verse 36. there he makes the hungry dwell, that they may establish a city for a dwelling place and sow fields and plant vineyards that they may yield a fruitful harvest. He also blesses them and they multiply greatly and he does not let their cattle decrease. You know, the provision that is in him, the plant uh, you know the plenty. That's uh, a plentifulness of, of of a of a harvest, right? You know that God ca- causes growth and health, in uh, uh, multiplication. The increase is found by the blessing of the Lord, not in our own strength, but in the blessing of the Lord and walking with Him. Verse thirty-nine, where when they are diminished and brought low through oppression, affliction, and sorrow, He pours contempt on princes and causes them to wander in the wilderness where there is no way yet he sets the poor on high far from affliction and makes their families like a flock you know he's the defender of the weak he humbles the prideful and he lifts up the humble right we 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 see uh you know God at work here he makes their family increase and they're bountiful you know God God sees the affliction right we see that all through the scripture through the scripture those that are afflicted that cry out to God and he comes uh, to their relief. Verse 42. The righteous see it and rejoice and all the iniqu- and all iniquity stops its mouth. You know, we rejoice when we see him work on behalf of those that are helpless without him. Right? He shuts up iniquity by his deliverance and provision. It's just, it's, it's a wonderful thing to see the Lord work. Verse 43. Whoever is wise will observe these things and they will understand the loving kindness of the Lord. You know, seeking wisdom, right? Go, you know, start looking through the Proverbs, right? And you get into the Proverbs and, and you see, you know, how precious wisdom is to us. Where It says, whoever is wise will observe these things and they will understand the loving kindness of the Lord. You know, that you can observe these things that are said about the Lord, that he's faithful to correct us when our we're we're off doing whatever and uh, you know trying to fill voids with the stupid stuff and then when we realize what we've done that God is faithful to restore right and we give Him thanks right oh, when we understand the character of the Lord and we are wise to observe His works you know that that will it will it will take us um that will require of us some deep reflection where we can look back in our lives and go. Where was I? Where have I been in my life? You know, you know, what were the circumstances? You know, how did I respond when God was calling? You know, and, and, and how did God respond when I called out to him? We're going to get to the point of his faithfulness. We're going to get there, right? We're going to see his loving kindness come through there. When we, uh, you know, understand his loving kindness, we're going to find rest in it, and we're going to find peace, deliverance, and strength in the Lord. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Father, we are grateful for your word and the encouragements that come from it. Lord, help us never forget to be thankful for your faithfulness and your loving kindness, the peace and fulfillment we have in you. Help us never to forget your goodness. Ever grateful for who you are and what you've done to reveal your love to us. And your love for us is so good to us. You're a good, good father. We praise you and we thank you that you call us and you desire us to walk with you. Experience your fulfillment and your Holy Spirit just minister to us. There's no end to the fulfillment from you. We praise you that you brought us near by the blood of Christ. Help us to stay there safe in your hand that you've redeemed us from the hand of our enemies. And we now are in the safety of your hand. We praise you for that. We give thanks collectively here tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.
1: Guys, yeah, would
0: you mind hitting the finish button, please, sir? Thank you. So, um,.